Welcome to Doggy Dish, where two of LA's best dog trainers serve up a hearty helping of dog topics. At the end of this podcast, we'll provide information on how to contact our trainers. And now, here they are. Hi, this is Kim Reinhardt with Ain't Misbehaving Canine. And Laura Berheny from Animal Attraction Unlimited. Thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you. And today we're going to talk about... Holidays! Yay! And all the things... Uh, all the, what we want for Christmas, so no. that everybody can shop for us. <laughs> Amazon's always You know good. what? I'm for this. <laughs> I'm absolutely for this. Yes, let's go with that. Yeah. Let's change our plan. All the other plans have to go out the window. We now, don't have to talk about dogs at all. I think we're going to talk about... I mean, we're at the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah... Kwanzaa, all those different things. And I think that those pose some interesting challenges for people with dogs and perhaps some training opportunities. I'm a little less into this than you are because, honestly, I want to have my holiday and not think about training my dogs. But (laughs) that's just just, just, I've had a lot of people in the last couple of weeks, and I always make sure that, especially with new people that I'm working with, I say, what are your plans for the holiday? What's going on for Thanksgiving? Are you, just like I do for, you know, the 4th of July, mm-hmm. what do you have planned? Because I want to help them figure out what to do so that we can help the dog succeed and not put the dog in a bad position. Right, because a training program can be seriously derailed mm-hmm. at the holidays. Right, especially if the dog has a behavior issue. Yes, there's so many things going on. There's so many distractions. People are usually rushed. They're thinking about umpteen million things that are out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. right? And they tend to forget about all the things that they've been doing, not intentionally, but it just sort of goes by the wayside. Yeah. I mean, I already confessed. I'm one of those because I don't want to think about training my dogs. But, but, I'm you're not good, usually but you're good at management, and you will at least put the dog someplace where they're not going to have a problem. Right, and I'm not tackling a training issue at the holidays if I was. Yeah. I suppose that would be a different thing. So, okay, let's start with behavior issues. Let's say we have a dog the most common, the most obvious aggression issues or a dog that is shy around people? Yeah. Management. Yeah, management, exactly, especially if you're having like 15, 20 people over. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing if you're having just a couple of people over, people who come over all the time, then you can do the same thing. But if you're going to have 15, 20 people walking through your front door, you don't want your dog going off at those people every single time somebody new comes in the house. Even if you only have a couple of people coming over, depending on the type of people, if they're going to be someone who is going to follow all your directions and do what you ask yes. them to do, and you feel comfortable sharing with them that we want them to, say, come in and don't pay attention to the dog or whatever it is, yeah. that's one thing. But if you have just a couple of people, but they think that they know everything there is to know about dogs, or they're going to right. exacerbate a problem. Right, exacerbate a problem also because, you know, around the holidays, people who haven't seen you in a while, they come in, they throw their arms wide open, they go to give you a hug, they're loud, they're boisterous, they're noisy. They're bringing packages. Nobody's paying attention to the dog. Right. So the easiest way to deal with a dog, if you have a dog that's shy or fearful or possibly you're having some aggression issues, and even if you have a dog that you've been working with on a program that's doing pretty well, Mm -hmm. is to not take the holidays as an opportunity to test out your training. Right. If you're going to take the holidays for anything, well, I'm going to let you address this. Let's say you wanted to use them as a training opportunity. If I wanted to, now I've actually had people send their dogs for boarding over the holidays, even though they're going to be in town, but they know that it's going to be too stressful for the dog, so they send their dogs away mm-hmm. because that way it keeps the dog from having to deal with that situation, and they know they're going to be distracted. They know they're going to be cooking a lot. They know they're going to have too much stuff to do, and the dog is not going to be a number one priority, and I think that's good for them. 
Right. That's really, really good for them because they know ahead of time, I'm not going to have time to deal with the dog, and we don't want to undo the training that we've done. Yeah. But if they don't want to do that or they think that they can handle the training, then we figure out how can we put the dog in a good position so that we don't do any backsliding so that basically the dog doesn't get a chance to practice the behavior. And the best thing to do is to cut out a slice of time and work on it. Yeah, not rather than trying the to whole create three days that the people are there. Or even the whole five hours that people are there. Right. Sometimes if you're serving, let's say, Thanksgiving dinner and you've got all the prep and all that that's going on and it's a really difficult time mm-hmm. to spend training the dog. You could maybe put aside 10 minutes or 15 right. minutes or 20 minutes or whatever your time period is that you feel that you could put aside with people who were amenable to that. But it's unrealistic to think that yeah. you are going to be able to devote that holiday yeah. to training your dog. Yeah. Like I had one family that I worked with in the place that they had decided to put the dog. It was a border collie mix. And a nice dog, but obviously fearful. And where they had been putting the dog was behind a baby gate when people were over, which was a good idea. However, the baby gate put the dog in the kitchen. And there were people, even including the guests, that were constantly going in and out of the kitchen, which was not good for this dog because she would get scared and she would snap at somebody. So then their only other option, so they thought, was to keep the dog tight on a leash next to them. Oh, okay. So I know. And here's why that would be a problem. (laughs) Well, you keep the dog tight on a leash next to you, and you're basically, number one, you're there to back the dog up in case they have a problem. When the dog lunges, you pull the dog away, and then you usually start to pet the dog and say, it's okay, it's okay. A right? tight leash and often conveys leash, anxiety. Exactly. as soon Because you're sending that tension down the leash, and the dog mm-hmm. is going, Mom's stressed out, and it's because of you. Mm-hmm. So let me help her get less stressed out and chase you away. And right. a lot of dogs will feel more confident about biting. And you just said this, but I'm going to say it just a little differently. When they have you to, to back them up. Yeah. When they feel, you know, status by association, they think, hey, you know what? I'm much tougher with my mom behind me, so right. I think I can take you on today. Right. Where I'm going to start the fight and she's going to finish yeah. it. Yeah. Or maybe normally I would just tend to move away. Right. And you eliminate the option of moving away. Yeah. No, yeah, no because longer. they can't get away, you know, fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And now you've trapped the dog for all intents and purposes. And so what we did was instead, I mean, their their setup of their house was really nice. It was a condo, I think. And you walked in, and there was a landing right at eye level because the stairs went up on the other side of the landing. So mm-hmm. what we did was we taught the dog, go up the stairs and sit on the landing. And then we put a baby gate there. Mm-hmm. So the dog could not come downstairs. People are less likely to interact with the dog because they have no reason. And then, because of the fight-or-flight thing, we could teach the dog, if you're feeling uncomfortable, go up the stairs all the way into the bedroom. And that's what we decided to do. You can put her on the landing, give her a bully stick, that's great. And if if she starts to growl or bark, you tell her, go away. And you send her farther up the stairs. So we're teaching her, when you're uncomfortable, you take yourself out of the situation. One of the disadvantages for me, for a baby gate, I use them a lot, but one of the disadvantages is that if you have people who are going to stand on the other side of the gate and, and stare, at the, stare dog, at the dog, a lot yeah. of times it will actually promote reactivity. So if you have a dog that's right. being a bit aggressive, then although they are not able to bite that person, they are able to practice that reactive. Right, because if they growl at the person or bark at the person, then the person looks away. 
Or the person then looks at them and starts talking, which puts more pressure yeah. on, which creates even a higher level of reactivity. So it's, I mean, there's just a mixed bag of stuff yeah. that can happen in that set of circumstances. And that's why I was saying this setup was so good because the landing was far enough away from the general seating area that nobody had any reason to walk close enough to this landing so the dog could still be in the room. We're not putting the dog away and saying, oh, these people are really bad and we don't want you anywhere near them, mm-hmm. right? Then thereby reinforcing the dog's feelings about strangers anyway. Mm-hmm. So she still kind of got to be in the general mix, but nobody has any reason to, to interact with her. Right. At one time over one set of holidays, I had my family at my house, and I did actually have a dog that I was dealing with some aggression issues. I forgot about this when we started this, by the way. And um, the dog was having some real issues with people for a variety of reasons. But I have a glass door at the back of the house that I have a shade on. And mm-hmm. so... When I only had a couple of people in the house, I opened the shades, but first let them know. Please don't look at him. Please don't talk to him. Please just go on about your business and do not react to him no matter what he does. Then I went outside, and for about five minutes, I just rewarded the dog every time he, he looked and looked away. I'd reward him. Mm-hmm. Look, look away. I'd reward him. Look, look away. I'd reward him. Good boy, good boy, good boy, good boy. Then I went in the house and gave him about another three minutes of being on his own. Mm-hmm. But the same people were milling around doing the same thing. Then I pulled the shade. Mm-hmm. More people came in. I let the shade down. So right. as the sound went up, right, the visual, it the visual went away. Visual at the same exactly. Time. And then I chose pieces of, because it was over several days. I chose pieces of the time mm-hmm. in there to go out and do a similar thing. And actually, I got a lot of work done with this dog. That's great. In a situation where I would maybe have had a problem with people, because a lot of times people come in your house, they think they know what the dog needs. Yeah. So they try to nice up the dog. So that would be one of the things to deal with around that time. Let's say you have a dog that is really kind of new to your house, and although it's friendly, it could be considered too friendly, as if there's such a thing. But it jumps up. It slobbers all over people. It's just excited. It just can't control itself when people come in the house. It's just the happiest dog in the whole wide world. However, you have my father visiting who's not a dog person. (laughs) (laughs) And he doesn't happen to appreciate that level of friendliness and and attention. It's very nice of you people to invite Kim's father for the whole He's a lovely man. I have to say, he's very, very fun to be around. However, it's just not a thing that he likes. I mean, he likes dogs, okay, but he doesn't like them all over him. He's just one of those people. And a lot of people are like that. Or they have kids who are not comfortable with their dogs. Right. So that would be another situation where you might pull out some management and some training. Right. In that set of circumstances, a leash is not a bad option. A tether, teach the dog to lie down in a, you know, in a corner somewhere. And you give him something else to do. Or you take him out for 5, 10, 15 minutes and have him on a leash so that you are able to control how close he can get and yeah. ha- and pull him away when he starts to get overexcited. You walk the other way so that he realizes, okay, that's not going to work. The only way I get to be in the room is when I'm calm. That's right. Certain behavior patterns are going to get me pulled out of there, so yeah. I, have to, I have to maintain. Yeah. And if you can only get a few seconds of that. Yeah, and I wouldn't even have the dog near the door when the people come in because, of course, every dog thinks that everybody coming through the door is is there to visit them. Right. And the people reinforce that by paying attention to the dog as soon as they come in. Part of that's because the dog is being so pushy, and you can't help but pay attention to him. And if you're going to choose that kind of thing to work on in a situation like that, you, again, have to choose 
the people that you work with carefully because there are some people who say, oh, it's okay, I don't mind. Yeah. And unfortunately, that shoots your training in, a, in yeah, the foot. Yeah, because it totally untrains your dog. And you're like, yeah, you don't mind, but you don't live here with the dog. <laughs> and you know what I've found works really well is, like with some dogs, actually one of your puppies who thinks that everybody in the world is there. He's to the visit. best dog in the world. Shut up. <laughs> he thinks that every, he is. He's a really good dog. But he, he has a little bit of a jumping issue. Uh-huh. And so what we do with him is people come in and we hand him a toy. We don't throw a toy. Because mm-hmm. if we throw a toy in one direction, it becomes a retrieve. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can go get that. And then I'll bring it back. I'll jump on the person. They'll take it from me. And then I'll then they'll throw it again. So instead, what we do is we hand him the toy when somebody comes in. He goes, woohoo, look, I got a prize. And he runs off and enjoys it on his own. Right. That's a really good idea. But again, you have to pick your audience. Because yes. if you have people who are going to shoot you in the foot on that one, they don't intend to. They don't think it's bad. Or they want you to know they're not bothered by it. Right. But that's not really the point. Because if it's your dog and you're trying to get a certain behavior You are bothered them, by it. Sure, but it's really hard to, you know, chastise. I tell people, you know, spray bottles work well. On your guests? On the guests who don't. When you say. You don't entertain a lot, do you? (laughs) You're the only one that ever comes over, Kim. So I tell people, like, like, I mean, I've had people who have, you know, teenage kids or sons that come home from college who are in their early 20s who like to play rough with the Golden Retriever or the Labrador. Right. And really get them revved up. And I say, you know what? A spray bottle works great. Yeah. And the people say, but he's a lab. He likes water. And I'm going, oh, I'm not talking about the dog. That's right. That's right. People find that to be a little (laughs) off-putting. Especially when you put lemon juice in it like some people suggest. (laughs) Don't entertain what you are. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. How to make friends and influence people. We'll have to name this that. How to make friends and influence people. But it is true. It's difficult, you know, when you're working with a dog on a situation, it's difficult because that's something that I hear a lot from clients, too, is, yeah. well, so-and-so doesn't, you know, they don't go along with this. And that's where you put him on a leash and keep him away from the person. Or in another room. Yes. Or behind a baby gate or something so that you can control the situation. Yeah. And you know what? You can't always control people, and you don't always want to control people. Sometimes yeah. you don't want to put controls on your guests, but you can oh manage the situation. <laughs> yes, I know you do. <laughs> I can tell. Miss Water Bottle, I'm looking around the room for the water bottle. I don't see one, so I think I'm safe for now. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, there are times when it's really difficult to yeah. work around people. But there are other things to consider mm-hmm. around the holidays. Um, one of them is the hazards of overindulging your dogs during mm-hmm. the holidays. You know, a lot of veterinary clinics yes. see a big influ- influx of animals around Thanksgiving. And, and emergency clinics. And, yes, because yeah. people don't think about, they don't think anything about sharing the goodness of the holiday yes. <laughs> with their dog. And unfortunately, yeah. whether it's too much You should have a Thanksgiving dinner, too. Yeah, but you know what? It causes huge uh, distress for the yes. dog. And your dog can get real sick, and you can end up in the emergency, which is not very fun. No. Chocolate and that kind of thing that's around. Chocolate. Food items that get wrapped and put under, a, let's say, a Christmas tree or yeah. out for So you have to make members. sure that even if, if somebody comes over and goes, oh, here, I brought you presents and puts them under the tree, make sure there's not food. It's not a two-pound box of chocolate. Or cheese. Yeah, there are a lot of things that you wouldn't think twice about putting under the tree. But the but dog can smell it even though it's wrapped, people. You, you, got, that. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> and when there's so much commotion going on, nobody necessarily notices that the dog has now 
is over there trying yeah. to open that up. Yeah. And sometimes can be fairly cagey about that. Mm-hmm. You know, they can be pretty smart about they keeping it under wraps. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So that's something to consider. And also decorating. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I tell people don't let the dog see you decorate. Because when you're hanging up the tinsel or you're hanging up the garlands, mm-hmm. the, you're playing with them. Mm-hmm. As far as the dog knows, you have these and you're playing with them. They look very much like the dog toys. Right. Yeah. And so then the dog comes out and goes, hey, they were playing with them. I think I'll play with them too. I think it's much better for you to put the dog away, decorate it, and then the dog comes out. And then you can say, like if the dog shows interest, you could go, oh, that's not yours. Leave it alone. Right. I think it's much easier for you to do it that way than it is for the dog to see you playing with them. And then you start telling the dog, no, you can't play with them. Or the other option, probably the one that I would take, is to have the dog out and just continuously be feeding them. Leave it. Leave it. Not yours. You know, that idea that just the information, so that you get the information out there. Whether you choose not to let them watch you decorate or you don't, it's really important to get the information there to them, which is that this is off limits. And actually, my pit bull at one time that is passed, her name was Pansy, lovely, wonderful dog, great dog in the house, perfect manners, just a wonderful dog, and she was a rescue, so I got really lucky because she came to me with a lot of really good manners. But... um, I put up three Christmas trees at this one house that we had. and you had and so many presents. I love that whole holiday and decorating stuff. So I put up three different trees in three different areas. And I came home shortly after having put up the tree, and there were Christmas bulbs <laughs> broken oh, all over no. the place. And honestly, I just had to walk out of the room because I could just imagine her joyfully <laughs> throwing these about <laughs> and having such a good time. And I also had cats. I don't know how much of it they might have started. I know that yeah. she was in on part of it because she had red on, you know, red dye on her little white legs. Yeah. But um, potentially very dangerous. She didn't yeah, get hurt. Yeah, most ornaments are glass. Yeah, she didn't get hurt. There were a couple that were broken. She didn't get hurt. Um and honestly, she hadn't shown any interest whatsoever during the While whole time. Oh, j- none. But I would guess that maybe the cats got involved in it, and then she went, oh, this is so fun. She was real toy motivated. So that's one of those things that just because your dog doesn't instantly show an interest doesn't right. mean that they won't show an interest in the long run. Yeah. She never did it again, by the way. Yeah. But it, and also the water, if you have a live Christmas tree that's that you put water in the bottom, your animal should not drink out of that. Right. Another thing to consider around the holidays is if you're going to bring a live tree into your house, don't be overly shocked if when your male dog's <laughs> dog goes over and marks the tree. Oh, you brought tree. inside outside, or you brought the outside inside for me. Thanks. You don't even know if that's never been marked before. You know what I mean? Right, really. Right. In the end, you have no idea what sense that carries in with it. And I, again, I remember one time years ago when I was a kid, we went up to my sister's house, and they had a cabin in the mountains for Christmas. And we had this lovely, wonderful dog who was just beautiful, would never go to the bathroom in the house. It wasn't his style. He walked mm-hmm. right over and lifted his leg on their tree. That's the first thing he did as soon as we got there. And this was years ago, way before I was a dog trainer. I was a kid, and I, we were shocked and horrified. Now when I think about it, I think, well, no kidding. Duh. And once he got the message that that wasn't a good thing to do, it was like, oh, well, I won't ever do that again. But, heck, I thought this place had indoor plumbing. Yeah. This was wonderful. Yeah. Let's see. You just took me outside when I got here to pee on a pine tree. Absolutely. So that's And then I come inside, and there's a pine tree in the house. Yay. Absolutely. So that's something to consider. Another thing to consider, I think, when you have a lot of guests is how easy it is for the dog to slip out an open door. Yes. This goes for all of the holidays. Mm-hmm. When you have people coming and going, especially if you have a lot of guests, and especially if you have guests that are not accustomed 
to having a dog around. Yes. Or a cat. This goes for cats, too. Oh, and yes, cats. absolutely. It's really understandable that they could leave a door open. Mm-hmm. This happened to me. My family came to visit, and luckily I have really good dogs, and they wouldn't go anywhere. But they were leaving the door open all the time. I'm like, where were you people raised? I know you don't do this right. at your house. Right. <laughs> and they didn't. But, you know, we were all having fun, and the fun was people going forget, indoors. People forget, somebody's right behind them. Somebody else is going to close the door. Sure. It, the weather's nice, so it's not like the weather in Southern California at that time of the year was really beautiful. And yeah. so it wasn't as if we were trying to, you know keep right. the flies out or and anything. And they don't know if your dog has a cue to stay inside or if he just in general knows don't go out the door. It's not their responsibility to watch your dog right? or your cat. So like most often when I teach a dog door manners, it's don't come out the door. You don't come out the door. Doors could be standing wide open. You don't come out the door. I shouldn't have to be standing there hovering over you saying, no, don't go out the door. Well, actually, that's why this was an issue. My dogs were actually very well trained, and I think that's why they felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. But I had a cat. Right. And I was concerned that the cat was really attached to me and would come back to me. I mean, I had him for many, many years, and he mm-hmm. would come back to me if I called him. But still, I was worried. There was so much going on. He could slip out, and I could lose track of that. Right. So, you know, I kind of had to come down hard on my family. Love you Spray guys. bottle. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I just basically went, okay, if the cat gets out, you guys don't want to be here when I find out. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> then it will be worse than a spray bottle, I assure you. Yeah. But that's another thing to consider is Mm -hmm. when you're having guests, you know, you really need to become aware because that happens. Dogs and cats and animals get loose around the holidays. There's so much going on. There are so many people. There's so many people coming and going, and there's so much happening. And people are doing things that are out of the ordinary. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's when you make mistakes is when you're not. They get distracted. They don't think. And sometimes, I mean, management can be more can be difficult enough on your own, like especially let's say you have two dogs that don't really get along together, and when you're by yourself or you're with your, you know, your family, your immediate family, you know that a couple of dogs don't get along together, and then other people come in and visit, I really they don't. You know what, I really think in that set of circumstances, the only good management is to send somebody One of them away. away. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. honestly, that can be just... Or one just, is in a crate and your responsibility. Yeah, because that can be just horrendous. Yeah. Horrendous. Yeah. And for everybody involved. Because, yeah. like, I was on the phone with somebody yesterday, and I said, you know what, when I've lived with two dogs that didn't get along, there was always two doors between them. Mm-hmm. Always two doors between them. Because if my husband came looking for me and opened a door mm-hmm. and didn't realize who I was, was someplace with, mm-hmm. you know, at least there was another gate, baby gate, X-Pen, something. Something. And when you have people over, actually sending one away or putting one in a crate is probably the safest. Because even two doors could accidentally, when you have a lot of people, even that could happen. It's just a really difficult, potentially dangerous situation. Mm -hmm. These are all things, by the way, that happen. These are all things that we hear about. We're not making this stuff up. Also, make sure that you know what your regular vet's hours are during the holidays and where the closest emergency facility is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, it's very easy when there is so much going on for you to miss if there is a problem with your animal. So kind of keep an eye to that. And, and the best way to deal with that is not to allow a problem to occur. It's like part of the reason I think that so many dogs end up with problems around Thanksgiving dietary or, or like pancreatic problems right. and that kind of thing Absolutely. is because they get all this food and nobody notices it until the dog is really distressed mm-hmm. that there's a problem because there's so many things happening right and there's so much going on and so many distractions right or you give your dog a little piece of turkey and your 
guest gives the dog a little piece, piece of turkey, and another guest gives your dog another piece of turkey, so you think you only gave the dog a little bit. Right. When in actuality they've had a lot. Or and then your, your, dog your son or daughter decides to feed the dog and says, well, let's put turkey in his dinner. <laughs> right. Exactly. Left a row and some stuffing, which has onions in it. Yes. Which has Which potential. can cause autoimmune hemolytic anemia, which can be very, very dangerous and sometimes deadly. Right. So we need to be really careful about what the dog gets into and what we give the dog for over the holidays. It's not... I just realized that we're talking about the holidays in this doom and gloom fashion, <laughs> which is well, not what we... My dogs have little antlers that I put on their heads and take pictures <laughs> of. <laughs> Me too. I'm actually really into the holidays. They always have Christmas collars. Chip has, always... a little Hanukkah, has a little Hanukkah I collar. I didn't realize it was Hanukkah at the time, but so Hanukkah, this little collar with bells on it. It must drive him nuts because it jingles the whole time. Has one and of those. he's easily and he's easily overstimulated anyway, so I figure it must drive him drive him bananas. But it is very cute on him. Yeah. Well, you know what? And I'm really into it too. And I really like the holidays. And I always put collars on the dogs and various things. But the thing is, we're not trying to be doom and gloom. We're just trying to set you up for the idea that if you give this a little bit of thought prior to your holiday time and you set it up for success, then you get to avoid all the problems that have the potential to happen. Bless you, Chip. No, that's Sammy. uh, Sammy. One of Laura's dogs just sneezed a big sneeze in case you heard it. So anything else that you can think of? Alcoholic beverages, of course. Be very careful that your dogs don't get into alcoholic beverages. Be careful of appetizers and stuff on the coffee table. There are some things like grapes, raisins, uh, pine nuts. There are a number of things, macadamia nuts, mm-hmm. that dogs should not have. And don't be surprised if your dog, who's never countersurfed before, does it when there's that level of excitement. Yeah. Animals, even animals that are social, that are very into having people over, can become stressed. It's maybe not a terrible stress, but it's a stress that they feel about things being out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. and they can behave in an out-of-the-ordinary fashion. Right. So make sure that regardless of how social your dog is, you have someplace safe for him to go. That's a really to good point. To put him away, because even the best of dogs, just like the best of kids, can get overstimulated and start to not do well. I took one of my dogs to a three-day conference here, and I took him the first day, and he did really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I took him the second day, it was awful. Right. He did so, so well the first day, and I just pushed him too hard the second day, and he was going off at everything. Right. And it was just a horrifying experience. And it was just too much for him. Yeah, and it the was. End, though, it wasn't him misbehaving, which would no. be very easy for people to look at that and say, well, this is the dog being bad. You shouldn't have brought him here. The truth right. is. I shouldn't have the it, second day. Yeah. It was too much for him. And sometimes that can happen around the holidays. So if your dog starts behaving in a way that doesn't seem like him, first of all, make sure that he's not eating something that he's not supposed to eat. And then give him some time away from this because it can be too much. All the noise, all the excitement, all the... Um, Mostly that's it, the excitement. Mm -hmm. Everybody being in an excited state. Remember, we put this into context. We go, this is a holiday. Therefore, there is a reason for us all Mm -hmm. to be acting this way. For your dog, it can seem really confusing. Why are we all in this crazy state? Why are we all in this really high energy level and this really high level of excitement? Yeah. Okay, so I think that's it. I think so. Thank you for listening. This is Kim Reinhardt with Ain't Misbehavin' Canine. And Laura Berheny from Animal Attraction Unlimited. Have a wonderful holiday. 
You have been listening to Doggy Dish, a podcast series about dog training and other related issues. To suggest a topic for a future segment, please email us at dogdishtopics at yahoo.com. To learn more about our featured trainers, or if you're interested in training for your own dog and you live in the Los Angeles area, you may contact Laura or Kim directly. To speak with Laura, call 818-800-4818 or visit her website at www.petdogtrainer.com. To speak with Kim, call 818-890-1133 or visit her website at www.beagooddog.com. Thank you for listening.